The, the pod coming from inside the house. Welcome to the very first episode ever of Scared Squared. I'm Talon Bigelow. I'm Elena Fanasius. And this is a horror movie review podcast. Uh, how this podcast normally is going to work. Uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for listening. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. You are listening to our podcast. It's crazy. Did you know that? Yeah. If you didn't know, it's too late to turn back. Don't turn back. You really can't. You um, don't know what's behind you. And you won't get to hear our review of Us, Jordan Peele's Us, the movie Us. Jordan's Peele's Us. Jordan's Peele's Us. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> us, Jordan Peele's. Um, how this podcast is normally going to work is we're going to start with a quick spoiler-free review. Just tell you our thoughts on the movie, who might like it, how scary it is, that kind of thing. And then we are going to take a deep dive into spoilers and talk about all of our thoughts. To the spoiler zone. And the other thing that might be happening most of the time is we'll be reviewing these movies in the dark for some reason. We thought that'd be fun. Um, And most of the time it will be immediately after we've just seen the movie. In this case, I will say that we did uh, wait a couple days before getting to do this, but we're so happy to do it, and we're so happy you're here to listen to it. But before we talk about us, we wanted to briefly talk about us. us. Yeah. Um, this is kind of Elena's idea to do this podcast. It was my idea, um, because when Tal and I first met, <laughs> um, I was Not really... Not I don't... Because it's so funny when we met. <laughs> um, I was super into horror films, and Talon was not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. I really did not like or care for horror movies at all. Horror, horror movies. Horror film. Horror films. And, uh, yeah, I was really just kind of a scary cat. I wasn't interested. I feel like um, the big things around that time were, like, Saw movies. Really gory things. It's just like, I don't want to watch that. Because that's all you, you thought they were, that they were gory films. And then I introduced you to The Ring. Yep. Uh, starring um, the gir- the little girl, the little haunted girl, Samantha. Samantha. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't and, remember her last name. Uh, you introduced me to The Ring, which was a horrifying experience because, after first of all, scary movie. Second of all, after watching that movie, uh, you know, I, it was almost exactly seven days after watching that movie. It was like the sixth night. After watching that movie where in the middle of the night in my bedroom apartment that I've shared with people, um, the printer at the foot of my bed, just in the middle of the night, started going bonkers, which is also very close to where the TV was, uh, kind of at the corner of the foot of my bed. So uh, I for sure thought I was going to die. And I had nothing to do with it. You say you had nothing to do with it. I didn't. I didn't. Well, it was a horrifying experience. Another horrifying experience happened when you introduced me to The Strangers, uh, which we watched at your place, and that night, after watching that movie, uh, people came and uh, randomly knocked on my door and ran away. Yeah, we don't know for sure they didn't ran away. Well, I remember they knocked first, and we were just like, what the fuck? It was really loud, too. It was too. really it was loud middle knocking, night. middle of the night. Um, I think they were my neighbors. I think, or they were trying to find my neighbors. I think it was, yeah, I agree. It was like they were maybe trying to find a party that was happening nearby. Um, It was not my place. But they knocked once, and I didn't even get out of bed, I'm pretty sure. We were freaked out. Yeah, and then the second time, 
they knocked the second time. And I was asleep. You were asleep, and I had to go, like, look at the people by myself. <laughs> I definitely saw someone the second time who just looked very confused and maybe <laughs> drunk, but uh, horrifying, and I was still really freaked out, and I didn't get any sleep that night. And even when it got daylight outside, I was like, I can't. I still can't fall asleep because the bad things happen in the daylight in that movie, too. It does not matter. um, But horror movies were a big part of us coming together as a couple. We've been together for uh, six years now. (laughs) Your voice went so high. Yeah. But six years now. (laughs) Because you were afraid of being wrong. I was afraid of being wrong. (laughs) Yeah, six years, over six years. Nailed it. I could have played with it. (laughs) Um... We are a couple who now enjoys the occasional horror flick, and I have found what I like and don't like, and so have you, and so we're excited to talk about them. Yeah, we love watching them, we love being scared, and um, talking about the mechanics and technicalities of films. Yeah, we're actors and improvisers and artists ourselves, and so uh, we just like to really get into them on a deep, artistic level. Yes. Something you won't find in other horror review podcasts. Yeah, maybe you won't. Because we really know what makes scary, scary. On Scary Squared. Okay, so <laughs> now let's talk about the movie Us. Um, this is Jordan Peele's sophomore uh, effort, his second film as a director. Fancy way seeing that. Who's sophomore effort? I fancy. Um, and it is doing very, very well at the box office. Uh, I know it's doing better than Avatar, correct? I think or is it up there with Avatar? I think it's the highest uh, opening for a live action original movie ever at this point. So yeah, I've congratulations, Avatar. Jordan Peele. Congratulations. You deserve this, not uh, James Cameron. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This is a more, uh, this is a better use of that record. Uh, he, his first film, of course, was Get Out, which we're both big fans of, um, and this one we were really excited for. And let's just get into our first reaction, spoiler-free. Elena, what was your feeling going into the movie, and how'd you feel during and afterwards? Well, uh, we came into a very packed theater at Hollywood Theater. Um, in Portland. Hollywood Theater? <laughs> Shout out. It was extremely packed. I mean, the only open seats were the very front. Yep. Um, and so we took those very front seats, and we were in the very front of a giant screen. I've been reading reviews of this movie, saying it's not for the faint of heart, so it made me feel like it was a very terrifying film. So going in, I was extremely scared. I was shaking, I was, <laughs> I kept moving in my seat, I kept looking around, I, I couldn't sit still, and um, I kept talking about how scared I was, um, and I know Jordan Peele's work from uh, Get Out, and I, I just know he's really good, and I know he's going to make really good a really good movie, really good scary movie, and Lupita Nyong'o is just and a phenomenal actress, and I just knew, I just knew it in my heart that this was going to be good, and yeah. this was going to be scary. Whenever there is a really good actor in a scary movie, I am extra scared before mm-hmm. going into it, just because I know they're going to be able to convey feelings exactly. better than most people, so uh, they already terrify me. Yeah, so... Um, and then, 
that's the precursor to the movie. Did you feel like the movie was what you expected it to be? Not at all. In a good way, in a bad way? Talk about it. In a great way. Um, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't what I expected because how what fun would that be? Um, so it completely twisted and turned my expectations and it 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 just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't say it without any spoilers, but it's just... <laughs> it's, there was a lot, and it just wasn't enough to to really digest just seeing it the first time. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely. Uh, I first of all, I felt the same way going in. Uh, I saw those reviews too. People calling it a masterpiece, not for Vanna Hart. I expected very scary. I expected very mm-hmm. good. I love Get Out. Um, and then going into this movie, it's definitely a different kind of movie than Get Out. Get Out is a movie that is very streamlined and has a mystery and has a solid, definitive answer and leaves no questions. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is not interested in being so straightforward. It definitely uh, <laughs> leaves questions to be answered. And that can be definitely, I think, off-putting if you're expecting to have everything wrapped up in a neatly tight bow. Tied bow. Um, and it's also not necessarily as scary as not for the faint of heart would suggest. No, I wouldn't say that. A lot of great comedy in this movie, actually, um, which you would expect from someone as well-versed in comedy as Jordan Peele. And I think he definitely uses comedy as a uh, kind of a tactic to lure you into a false sense of security, which I already hate. Like, once I notice that happening, I get scared of the jokes because mm-hmm. I know the jokes are only setting me up mm-hmm. for a scare. Um, it's so, but I mean, it's so great. It's like, a good contrast. Yeah, it's great. Good play with the audience. Absolutely. And uh, this movie definitely plays with the audience. It's definitely a movie that begs to be seen more than once. Yes. And I really wish we had a chance to see it a second time, and I've been thinking about it since we saw it, and there's so many things that, you know, immediately after the movie, I really wasn't putting together, but the more I thought about them later, and I've been so excited to talk to you about this now, I I just keep thinking of moments where it just means something totally different now because I've seen the movie. And it's, it's uh, yeah. From the trailer, you mean? Like, like things no. you've seen from the trailer? No, things oh. I've seen from the movie okay. that I'm revisiting in my mind. Oh, I see. With new and then context. You know. yeah. Um, so it's definitely one of those movies that, when you get to the end of it, it's going to make you ask questions, and it wants you to ask those questions, and it wants you to revisit it. And we, I mean, there's been so many articles since it opened about this movie, uh, trying to explain things and coming up with crazy fan theories about it. Uh, Jordan Peele said he might be interested in returning to this universe, I saw that. which I would welcome. Um, it makes sense. It would definitely make sense. Do so you feel like uh, this is a movie that the average movie goer can handle? Like, how would you? If there are people wondering if this movie is too scary for them, oh. who would you say this is for? Like. I definitely don't think it's too scary. Um, it can be gory at some points of the movie. Okay. It's not, I mean, not gore, like, it doesn't feel like gore porn, you know what I mean? Torture porn. Torture porn. Um, it ain't a Saw movie. No. 
But, I mean, again, it's with that humor. It plays with that humor, so it's not – If you, you <laughs> feel some sort of comfort in it, and it feels weird. I mean, say. no, I think if, if you've seen Get Out, and you could handle Get Out, you could probably handle this movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's the same kind of thing where in Get Out, like, it's kind of a bloodbath uh, at the end there, and it's – yeah. You don't feel bad about enjoying it. Like, right. it's, it's kind of made it's to be a feel-good bloodbath. It's stylized in a way that it just it feels okay. Yeah. Oh, my God, is it stylized. Um, uh, the There's so many elements of this movie that I really, really, really enjoy, and I really can't wait to watch it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it was very entertaining, you know, however long it was. Um, what kind of viewers would you uh, recommend this to? I would recommend this to definitely anyone who enjoyed Get Out, um, with the caveat that you might not like it as much as Get Out. You might like it more than Get Out. Um, there are different genres, it feels like, too. Yes, for sure. And I think Jordan Peele is demonstrating that he can kind of go all over the place with mm-hmm. the horror scale. Um, I think Get Out is an effective movie. It has a a thing it wants to say. It has a point it wants to make, and it makes it really well. And that point is especially relevant if you are a person of color, like myself. And uh, it's just a cool movie because you haven't really seen this kind of thing before that Get Out talks about. Um, This movie, Us, is definitely a little bit more for a mainstream audience in a way i think it has a message too though it has a it message does. but it's an endless answer I, yeah i feel like it has a less clear message or it has a message mm-hmm. but if you really only think about it as a metaphor maybe it doesn't work as well as just taking everything at face value does it's hard to tell i haven't really thought about the whole thing through yet yeah i'm still you know thinking about parts of this movie but it definitely there are metaphors within it and you, it definitely wants you to draw those comparisons. I don't know that it's as straightforward a line to make from metaphor to actual event as Get Out is, you know? Yeah, but, it's a lot harder there. Um, but if you like that movie at all or are interested in it, definitely check this out. Um, like you said, not too gory. I, I just think if you have any interest in horror movies, this is definitely something you should put in your watch list. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, if you're a Twilight Zone fan, even if it's not for the horror, go for the acting. I mean, the acting in this film is phenomenal, and it deserves recognition. If you want to see some of Lupita's uh, best work, this is it. Yeah, she absolutely. uh, There's already award season talk. Good. About her in this movie. She deserves it all. And I think, you know, the conversation comes up a lot with horror movies about how they just don't get recognized as often as they should. And this is another, uh, you know, exhibit in that case. Like, this is definitely a horror movie that rises above most in terms of filmmaking mm-hmm. and acting and mm-hmm. uh, artistic, you know, value. So, yeah, it's definitely something worth watching. I think we both really enjoyed it. Uh, we watched it with our friend Jonathan, who uh, we used to be roommates with, and we used to have Freaky Fridays every week. We'd watch a scary movie, and uh, you know, I I know he's uh, he's here. He's here with us in spirit. 
I can feel him. I can feel him in the room. room. Oh. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> um, all right. So there you go. Spoiler free. Go see. There you go. There you go. That's all you got. All right. Now let's talk about the movie and let's jump into Please spoilers. Please take your headphones out now. Well, don't listen to don't. the rest of it at all. Don't <laughs> no, just sit no, no. there with the no, headphones no, no. out. Take your headphones out, but keep playing the podcast okay. so you can faintly hear it. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go into spoilers now. Spoiler zone. Sorry, no, I'm not, not calling doing it that. the spoiler zone. You just crossed over into the spoiler zone. All right, I like it. Uh, oh, you like that one. Okay, we're talking about spoilers now for the movie Us. Spoilers, spoilers. Let's spoilers. talk about the spoilers. Okay, um, so this is fi- finally we get to really talk about this. Let's really dive in. There's so much to dive into. Do you have a place you want to start? We should start. We should just go f- from like. M- plot of the movie. Okay. I don't want to go cool. too far in. Okay. Because then we're just going to go in circles. I mean, that's kind of hard because it's tough to, there are flashbacks. And there are <sighs> flashbacks know. that you think of as one thing until you get to the end of this movie. Okay. And then you realize it's another thing. So let's talk about it like we, how we experienced it. Okay. So, throughout the movie, uh, I guess the main story of this movie, as it's being presented, is... Uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, what's her name? Adelaide? Yes. Addie? Adelaide? Uh, Adelaide is, uh, we see her as a little girl. She is with her parents. First, hold on. Okay. We open with the movie with a commercial for... Hands Across America. Hands Across America. The very real... 1986. It's... Thing. The real thing. Uh, Wait, so what is that commercial? So what it was a, it was some kind of campaign that the goal of it was that you would have a bunch of people actually joining hands in a line, and to, that would oh. go, you know, form a massive human chain. Yes, yeah, so a massive human chain across the country. It was a benefit event and publicity campaign staged on Sunday, May twenty fifth. 1986, in which approximately 6.5 million people held hands in, in a human chain for 15 minutes along a path across the, the contagious United States. Con- sorry, not contagious. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We get the gist. Um, so yeah. I know how to read. You do. Uh, this was a real thing five years ago. It's to fight hunger and homelessness. Okay. I don't think it was very successful, if memory serves me well. Like... There were chains of people, but there were a lot of gaps in between. It's just, it's an overwhelming thing to try and plan, so. Uh, it was successful. Okay, what's it say? Um, it said Hands Across America raised uh, $34 million, according to the New York Times. Only about $15 million was distributed after deducting mm-hmm. operating costs. Well, that sucks. See. That's a big deduction. I think of the success of this more in could they form a human chain across the country. I think they did, though. No, there's a lot of gaps. Okay, but they... They tried. They tried real well. And that was the commercial that you opened with. I don't I don't remember if it's, like, the real commercial or not. I wasn't alive. Um, but that is shown to us. Actually, even before that... We're going to see we're going to do this with the whole movie. Because before that, it says the thing on screen about how there's a lot of abandoned subway systems and right. tunnels exactly. across the United States. We don't thousands know of them. Yeah. Uh, no one knows what they are there for anymore. None of them seem to serve any real purpose. It's a great horror 
um, trope or yeah. like to you know, put that in the audience heads. Mm-hmm. I was very much not expecting that to be... Same. Uh, I, you know, from what the trailers show, you don't get very much. The trailers are very smart about advertising this movie. Um, but anyway, let's just kind of fast forward. You see that. You see the Hands Across America commercial. You see young Adelaide as a little girl watching it on TV mm-hmm. and watching a couple other things. Um, she goes to the boardwalk and the beach with her parents and... Uh, at which point, at some There's point, Santa she, Cruz. Yes, she wanders off. Um, she kind of stumbles into a fun house full of mirrors type of thing. It's, it's a find yourself. Yes. That's what it's called. Yes. And it says find yourself on the outside. It's a fun house. And but it has like like uh, Native American. Yeah. Is that important to the plot? <laughs> because it changes. It changes. But I, I don't know. There was something that was being... I don't... See, I, I think to me, I was a, clinging on to everything because see, I'm like, yeah. give me answers. I don't think that means anything other than maybe a Native American is out of date, and so they replaced it with a wizard. I don't know. I think that's all it is. I don't think everything is that I important. I don't know, Colin. So I'm going to... We're going to bring on Jordan. No. Okay, well, that's great. talk about So that. we move into the fun house. She's in there. She uh, is all alone. The lights go out. She's freaked out. She's trying to get out. She eventually runs get into... Out. Get out. Uh, runs into a little girl who looks exactly like her, and they come face to face. You're serious? Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. That's not how it goes. She goes in, and she's, you know, she's she's, she's seeing her reflection and stuff. Um, what? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Tell it better. I, well, the thing is, she she run in she runs into uh, um the girl who does look like her but it's the back of her. And yeah. that's where it cuts. They don't even see each other yet. I thought they did. No. Okay, fine. See? Because uh, well, then it, the makes, it leaves us thinking, and that's what I loved, because it was like, well, okay, we don't know what's happening in that yes. flashback. You're right. I apologize. So they go from there to, I think it's the therapist's office? Mm-hmm. Where? No, it's uh, the car ride home. Okay, so the car ride home. Dad finds... She's hearing them fight. Right. They're fighting. I'm just going through it and thinking important plot points. Uh, in the therapist's office, they're saying that... She's the parents are saying she's not talking yeah. anymore. Something happened to her. The dad's in denial about it. He's a bad father. He's Black Manta from Aquaman. He's a bad dad. Black Manta's a bad dad. Um, anyway, Adelaide isn't talking for some reason. Maybe she's in shock. No one really knows. And the doctor says that she might have post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. So I'm not sure exactly what the order of events is, but I know that we do at some point cut to current time where Lupita Nyong'o, older Adelaide, and her family uh, are getting ready to go to the beach. No, they are driving They're to driving. the beach house. They are driving to the beach house. Winston so Duke is the father, uh, Gabe, and he has surprised them uh, with a trip to the beach. Or he surprised them with this trip to this beach house. I don't know if that's a surprise, but the surprise is that they're going to the beach. Anyway, they're driving. Well, no, he asks her to go to the beach, but uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, um, Adelaide, hesitates, and she clearly is fearing the beach. Yeah. And she says, she's trying to talk him out of it. And he's, you know, like, come on, we got to do something different. And, 
you know, branch out and really adventure out or whatever. And he finally talks her into it, and so they go to the beach. Yeah. Uh, she's clearly very frightened. Yeah. We don't know why. I mean, we do know why, but don't. They have, so the, let's talk about the family. You know, there's Gabe, the husband, and then their two kids. Do you have their names? Um, so you can find us. But they have a boy and a girl. Going to. Older sister, younger brother. Uh, younger brother's always wearing this, like, monster mask. And he's playing with It's a Chewbacca, right? It kind of looked like Chewbacca, but I don't think it was. Oh. Um, um, the kids' names... We're getting those kids' names, folks. Stay tuned. The phone lines are lighting up. We're going to answer those questions. The kids' names are coming. We promise. We'll do our research. Please. Wait. I don't know where the older kid is. Maybe it... Oh, that's her. Okay. Uh, Shahadi Wright-Joseph is the girl. What's the character's name? Uh, Zora. Zora. And Evil. Well, we Wait, haven't gotten there kid. yet. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> so let's just talk about the whole thing. Sorry, I ran that wrong. That's okay. You've probably seen the movie. Yeah, this, right? um, Evan Alex plays the kid. The kid's name is. Um, boy, I wish they made this easier. Get on IMDb, fool. I, <laughs> okay. Well, the main plot hinges hinges around this. Jason. Jason. Um, basically. When they get to the beach and coincidences start happening, Adelaide gets freaked out. She confides in Gabe and tells him that, you know, the story that we saw at the beginning of the movie, which is that when she was a little girl, she wandered off from her parents at this beach and went down to that Hall of Mirrors and saw a little girl who looked just like her, and she was convinced that this little girl was still, like, after her. Cut to immediately... Um, the little boy coming into the room and saying, there's a family outside in our driveway. Um, I've well, never... Hold on, you're skipping out a lot here. No, it happened that fast. No, what about that man he runs, in, runs into? Let's, we'll talk about all those details, I think, once we uh, kind of wrap up the okay. telling of the story. Also, did you know that she was fearing a little girl at the beach? That the she said that. ran into? She said that. Did she? Yes. Okay, I don't remember that. We were seeing the movie front row. Ugh, I don't remember. I was scared, okay. Uh-huh. So, literally, that thing is the fastest jump from I'm scared to here's the monster in, in uh, horror movie history. But we find the family outside in the driveway. It's seen from the trailer that you've probably seen. Uh, where Winston Duke, the dad, tries to confront this family outside in the driveway which becomes clear they're acting a little non-normally, paranormally. They're not responding at all. They don't respond at all. Um, Then when they do, they kind of like, the kids like skitter away. Well, the the mother says, or does a signal. Yeah. And then the kids scatter. So the creepy family is trying to get into the house. Long story short, they get into the house. You find out that they look... Almost exactly like this other family, um, and they're kind of not sure why they're there. They're very intimidating. Uh, the other doppelganger of Lupita Nyong'o, who goes by Red, according to IMDb, um, starts talking in a very creepy voice, and 
A very dried out, creepy voice. A very dried, unnatural sounding voice. And basically it tells a story about people, a little girl and her shadow, and how the little girl got everything, you know, good and nice, and got to eat real food. And Honestly, I wasn't even listening to that story when she was saying it. Uh-huh. I was just so creeped out by her performance. And just so amazed by her performance that I was just not even listening to that story. It's a it's a hard line to walk, I think. Um, trying to put on a creepy voice and not end up being silly sounding and right. looking. Uh, she does it really. Her voice is. Uh, it was just it was, the performance was so good. I was I couldn't even hear what she was saying. Yeah. So she tells a story about how. I'm glad you're saying this. No, well, let me <laughs> let me fill you in. The story that she tells is basically saying. It's about a little girl in her shadow, and the little girl got fed nice cooked meals, and the shadow had the rabbit. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Bloody and red, and uh, cold and bloody. Uh, and the girl got to grow up and have a family and have a baby, and the doctor had to cut the baby out of her, and the shadow had to do it herself. And uh, it was a very, like, it's a story where you're, like, you're listening to it, and it's like, I don't know really what this has to do with anything. And I think this movie does a lot of that, of, like, being literal, but also you have no right. idea what it means. You're like, what is happening? So um, I really just think we can kind of, we have to kind of, I think to really talk about this and recontextualize any of it, we have to talk about the spoiler, uh, the twist of this movie. So, and we'll go through it still. But basically, what you find out, and what I think, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but this is what I gathered from the movie, uh, basically, these doppelgangers, which you find out is more than just these four, is also right, the friends on. that they are at the beach with, they have their own family mm-hmm. of doppelgangers, it's basically, yeah, it seems like, Everybody. I don't know if it's the whole world, but it's a very right. large population right. of America. It was on the news everywhere. Yeah. Um, these underground subway systems and tunnels that have been abandoned seem to have been some sort of laboratory uh, holdings. And all these doppelgangers appear to be, and this is something that Red says later in the movie, basically, uh, is that these doppelgangers were experiments, basically clones, where the experiment was to see if they could use these clones, which are a.k.a. known as the tethered, um, if they could use these doppelgangers to control the people they are doppelgangers of. That is the gist. Um, and basically, it, the experiment failed, and whoever was running these experiments decided to just abandon these clones, these tethered uh underground and leave them there and you know they feed on rabbits so did the clone oh god i have so many questions we're gonna gonna get into it so basically Ah. that is the meat of this whole plot is that all these doppelgangers were the product of some sort of experiment uh to see if they could control the humans they're based on which seems to have failed although there are instances where it seems like maybe they didn't fail um, we'll talk about that. The other double twist of this movie is that we basically find out very end, the last shot, when the family gets away and Adelaide is driving away with her family, she flashes back to the beginning of this movie where it's revealed that when she was a little girl on that boardwalk who got caught in that hall of mirrors, um, the doppelganger of her red, the young red, actually took her underground and, like, switched places with her. So, 
smart move. So, this has been a big plan from... God, there's so much. Uh, basically, it means that the Lupita Nyong'o we think is the good guy the whole time is actually the doppelganger of the normal human mm-hmm. person, the person we consider to be the normal Adelaide, real Adelaide. And the one who is the creepy one, Red, has been the one who was the little girl who should have been above ground the whole time. And she's the one who basically plots this revolt where all the doppelgangers come above ground and make that statement and start, you know, just do their own version of creepy hands across America. And basically their statement they're making is, we exist and we won't be ignored anymore. Um, and they take their vengeance out on the world that ignored them with scissors as their weapon. Uh, that ba- that's basically the, that, yeah. the twist of the movie. And when you see that, it changes everything <laughs> in a big way. Um, and in ways that I hadn't even been able to think about immediately after the movie until recently. So it changes everything. Everything. And it makes sense when you read it that way. Um, there are lots of, I think, clues that would make, I mean, there's so many things that make more sense. Uh, where do we need to go back to for you? Like, what do you want to talk about? It's like an overwhelming, like, plot twist. I mean, we could talk about, like, I mean, there was the guy on the beach. Uh, when did you first get what was happening? When did you first get, oh my like... Oh, God. Oh, God. I not get what was happening, but, like, I remember when I thought about how there was the the guy you see in the beach the first in the first scene who's holding the 11-11 sign. Um, right, which you said... It was that guy from the ambulance that when they were driving into Santa Cruz. Yes. Uh, and they made it clear that, like, this guy that young Adelaide sees holding a little sign, when they drive to Santa Cruz and they see, the family sees a body being loaded into an ambulance, that body is holding that sign. It still has that sign, like, on their, like, chest, like they were just holding it. So it's clear that that's that same person. Um, so that means that guy came up? Yes, it looked like guy? that guy's doppelganger, that guy's tethered version, came up first, and I think drew first blood against the guy holding the sign. And this is the doppelganger version of him has the eleven eleven carved into his head. So is that okay? So that okay? Okay. What? Just trying to think about it. So <sighs> he comes up before even the family comes up. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So I he's think like one of the first. He's one of the first. He's, I think he is the and first. And do you know what that scripture is? or that? Oh, yeah. It is something very vaguely creepy. Do you have it? I had it, yeah. Yeah. It, um, it is something that is... It's very vague, yeah. It's vague and creepy. It's not something that necessarily, I think, means anything to the plot of the movie, but it is a nice, creepy Bible verse. Yeah. Um when you find it, let us know. But, yeah, so that guy is the guy we see when the current day family goes to the beach and young Jason goes down to the boardwalk and sees from the back this creepy guy in a coat uh, with his arms outstretched, one of them being seemingly very bloody. And it's a very gross image. Um, so that scripture, um, shoot, what is it called? Jeremiah 11.11 from King... James Bible, it says, Therefore thus saith the Lord, 
Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape, and though they shall not cry unto me. Uh, I will not be, I will not hearken unto them. Amen. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So it's just creepy. It's just like, it eh, beware, I'm going to bring my wrath on y'all, motherfuckers. So I, I guess that is like a warning to the... It, it felt like a warning to, you know, people on Earth. Or people sure. not on Earth, but I mean... But the guy we see it come above. from first is an above-ground person, so I don't know. And he's homeless, which is what those hands across America was for the thing. Oh, yes. For homelessness. So what did you think this is a metaphor for? I... See, I don't know. Because I thought it was going to be about, like... Us being our own villain, or like you, uh, yeah, you can be your own uh, own worst, worst enemy. Vi- uh, enemy. But uh, it almost felt like it was a larger metaphor for something else, and I'm just not sure. I don't know, honestly. A lot of it people wasn't have very drawn clear to me. comparisons to you know, like class struggle, and you know, the haves versus the have-nots. Which makes, you know, this is the reason that the tethered want to rise up above, because they know there's this version of themselves that is having the best life, or at least in their eyes, a right, much better life. Right. Um, they seem to feel that connection. They seem to know that. They seem painfully aware of how much better the other half is living above ground. See, the, yeah, that feels more right to me. So I think, yeah, I think this is that's their motivation for wanting to come above and, you know, take their vengeance out on but, everyone and take their yeah, place. Yeah, and at the same time, having them be in doppelgangers is, like, also a metaphor of, like, we can, I mean, we're all human and we can see the, like, it, it feels like a more metaphor for the, if it were the higher class for them to see, like, you can see yourself in these people. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a that big part of it. You could be there. You, you could. No, nothing separates. Nothing Very little separates exactly. us from them. They're, exactly. they're human, too. I mean, even when right. Lupita and Yanga, when Red, well, I don't know the first time she speaks, when they're like, who are you? And she's like, we are Americans. Yeah. Um, which that's is, right. And yeah. that threw me off. It's like, a very oh, wild no. line. It's like, like what? what? <laughs> it's it's a weird start <laughs> this movie. Aww. That doesn't really get less weird as time goes on, but, man, is it entertaining. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely stuff there. It's definitely an apt metaphor. And I think the you can be your own worst enemy thing, that, that, that does still track, because this is a movie from Lupita Nyong'o's character's point of view. And from her point of view, the way we are led to follow it, there's this scary creature that looks like her that is after her, and she doesn't seem to know why. But the truth is, she created the monster, because the Lupita Nyong'o we think is the good guy was the version of her that was the tethered doppelganger who took out the other one and switched places with right. her. She did this to herself and is now paying the price for it. So she took the better person's life, and has always been watching behind her back because mm. she feels like someday that person's going to come back for it. Someday that little girl who she switched places with mm. is going to grow up and realize what happened and come back for her. And that's exactly what happens. Um, she created the monster and she is her own worst enemy because, yeah, she had to sacrifice 
someone else for her, another version of her for her own well-being. And I think there's still something in that metaphor about, you know, are everyone's self-destructive tendencies and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you could go on and write so many papers about this. Um, but The biggest metaphor here is humanity, in a way. Yeah. Um, even without the metaphors, though... Yes, there's so much of this movie that I really, when I think about it now, knowing what we know, knowing that twist, really blows my mind yes. how much it makes sense. Like it makes sense the f- now, um, now that I know the twist, even just looking back at the first time, um, Red and Adelaide uh, see each other. Yeah, totally. And now. Uh, Adelaide's or Lupita Nyong'o's um, performance as a- a- Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, I said in quotes because um, it's not really Adelaide, right? right. Um, it all makes sense now. It's just the way she responded and reacted, yeah. and was saying it's okay, it's okay. She's like calming down her kids and telling them to do exactly what she does. Yeah, totally. Uh, She's not like so much horrified feeling. Yeah, like she is like. She's like, fuck, it's here. Yeah, she's, like, concerned. It, it always does feel like she knows maybe more than she's letting out. Not even that, but, like, she's not as scared as she should be. Yes. <laughs> and you do wonder, like, what is she thinking? She looks almost more revengeful than, or almost prepared in a way, or just... She's thought about this. Yes. And it's, and she has, and that's... She is a little horrified, but she's also, like... I don't know. There's a lot of knowing yeah. um, subtext. So even beyond that, like, I keep thinking back to the oh, two moments? The two moments where she uh, tries to, where she's facing the doppelgangers of her kids. She mm-hmm. doesn't immediately try and kill them. Like, first of all, the first one is when the girl gets hit by the car and she goes, she gets out of the car. And she goes into the woods to find her. Oh, my God. Because in the context of this I fist, totally forgot about that, that is directly her daughter. Directly. Like, that is her daughter. Oh, right, because so, of the doppelganger world. Right. So she's going out of the car, and she goes to find her daughter. And she's almost, like, trying to, like, shush her and, like, kind of console her when the daughter's, like, I don't really know how to describe what she's doing, hanging out in that tree after getting... Well, she's trying to attack her, too. Yeah, she's kind of trying to attack she's still her. trying to attack her. And it's, it's like... It's just like Lupita Nyong'o's trying to, like, con- like convey, like, it's okay. Like, you're, you're going to be fine. It's okay. This is all going to be fine. Um, she's not, like, scared of it. She's very much not afraid of her. Right. And that was a weird moment for me, because not knowing the twist, too. Yeah. It's just, like, she's trying to make her understand and trying to almost, like, soothe her. It's kind of... It's, it was a weird... Because I, in my head, I was like, oh, well... She looks exactly like her daughter, mm-hmm. so maybe right. she felt weird. Uh, this is the thing Jordan Peele does, because even with Get Out, like, what we, we, we watched Get Out, and after knowing the plot of that movie, it mm-hmm. felt like literally every line of dialogue mm-hmm. had a second double meaning Gosh. that you wouldn't have caught unless yep. you knew what you were looking for. He likes to do that. And I feel like this movie is exactly, exactly. the same. It's, I feel like we're going to rewatch it, and it's going to feel like every moment meant something mm-hmm. totally different than what you're reading it to mean. And it has a second reading. It reads the first way, and it reads as normal and makes sense, but it has this alternate truth, real reading to it <sighs> that 
it's just it's so that's that's where the genius of this movie is. It's not that the plot makes perfect sense on the first go around, but it's having the layers yes. in moment to moment. So there's that moment. There's also the moment with her son, where the little boy is like, you know, setting the trap with the car that is mm-hmm. he's rigged to light on fire and explode. Um, and he, before, you know, Jason starts doing the mirroring thing with uh, the creepy version of the son, who I can't remember their name. Um, and, you know, makes him walk into the car and, you know, basically into his own trap, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to that mirroring thing, too. But before that even happens... Uh, Mishka farted. I'm sorry. Okay, so we have a dog. <laughs> Same with Mishka, and he farted. You probably heard it. If it sound, I thought it sounded like some neighbor, like, screaming in the distance. It was Mishka's fart. He farted. totally farted. This is why we're doing this in the dark. Um, <laughs> sorry. So... Before that moment even happens, though, like, she kind of does another thing where she's trying to, like, she's just trying to communicate to her son, is how it's, like, she's, like, doesn't want to hurt him, doesn't, the kid, when you remember in the daylight when they're driving away in the the car, the fiery car, where the boy burns himself, because the little boy forces him to walk backwards into it. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. She was doing what? Before the little boy does the mirroring trap. She does try to, like, talk to her son or communicate to her son. She doesn't use words because I think she knows that they can't use words. But she's trying to communicate non-verbally to her son to, like, I don't know. It's almost like she's trying to turn them onto her side and just be like, don't hurt my family. Like, it's not, that's the sense I get from it, thinking okay. about it again. I, don't, I just don't remember her communicating to him. Not verbally. It's unspoken. Okay. But I, I, I'm forgetting that moment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. But, like, there's a moment. Pluto, by the way. Pluto, way. yeah, Pluto. Um, there's a, So, to, with her kids, but both her kids, she has a moment like that with each of them where she's non-verbally communicating to them, almost like she's trying to, like, stop them from hurting her or hurting her family or, like, trying to get them to be on her side and make them remember that, like, I'm your mom uh, it, it feels like that, and I think if you rewatch those moments, it'll read that way. Um, the other thing, this this concept of the tethered being able to control their doppelgangers, which was apparently a failed experiment, but seems to work in a couple of cases. Um, with the mirroring thing, for example, gosh, this ties into another crazy fan theory, which I'm going to just put in right here, and we'll talk about it. This crazy theory I read today suggests that Pluto, at some point in his history, was also switched with his doppelganger. At some point, the suns also switched places. At some point. Some point, probably, that we don't see in the movie. There's evidence to support that, Al, but uh, that's the theory that mentions this car scene again, um, where... Pluto, first of all, the little boy is the only one who doesn't try to kill their own doppelganger. You know, all the other members of the family do. Oh, right. He doesn't. He tries to play with him almost, or play a game with him, and tries to get away from him and trap him there, but not kill him. Um, This mirroring thing that happens. That's right. Because whatever they do down there, they copy. Uh Uh-huh. And... 
for some reason. That's a smart fan theme. The boy is able to yeah. make his tethered counterpart walk into the the flames by oh, doing this mirroring shit. exercise. The theory, I mean, the the plot of the movie, the way it's spelled, suggests that the tethered are supposed to be able to control their doppelgangers, not the other way around. Right. So, there's that. That also ties into, you know, the whole kind of dance confrontation thing set to I've Got Five on it uh, that happens between Red and uh, Adelaide at the end, uh-huh. you know. Um, that feels very much, it feels very much like the doppelganger, the tethered is controlling uh, Adelaide, even though we realize afterwards it's switched. Um I, I think I'm, I'm like, losing my... Yeah, this is a movie. I need charts and a chalkboard. But, um... Well, I don't remember Adelaide. Adelaide, I guess, the real red. Adelaide, the actual tethered. Who we don't know that. Right. But I don't remember her controlling red. Um... That is... I don't think she did. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. She was getting hurt in that scene. You're right. You're right. But. Uh, it's so, it's so, there's, there's, there's no language the to thing. talk about I this. I know, that's the thing. It's, this is so confusing that it's. It's layered. Mixed. It's not even, yeah, it's crazy. Um, anyway, that was a little side trip to a really interesting fan theory that you can read up on. Let us know what you think. Um, it makes sense though. It does make sense. In some ways it does make sense. Um, but I also wondered why that kid's mouth was all burnt up. Well, if they're mimicking each other, maybe that kid also has the similar kind right. of magic trick and toy. Then, and with the boy above, he keeps doing it, but it doesn't work. But it's really creepy. It's really fucking horrifying and creepy to think about. And the other uh, side, it does work, and uh, he's just burning his face against his own will. That's fucked up, right? Oh, God. Yeah, right? These are the things that keep me up at night about this movie, really. Is uh, thinking of shit like that. Oh my god. That must be the truth. That. Oh, that's terrible. Right? The kid that has. So. The scars. Yeah, he has a little, like, magic trick. It's like a magic trick that's like a. Light up. Instant sparking. Spark kind yeah. of thing. Or flaming sparking. Kind of thing. And yeah. he has it throughout the movie and yeah. does it a couple times. Yeah. Um, and it never. It. Most of the time doesn't work for him. But if the doppelganger version of him has that same toy and it does work for him, then what must be happening oh, is that's so horrifying. That's terrible. Because um, it wasn't working. He's just holding it in front of his face expecting it to work. But if it's working on the other side, ugh, that's scary. That's a well-crafted thing that isn't even really, you know, it, we had to have that realization outside of the movie. You know, it wasn't presented in the movie. And, and maybe if you're watching the movie and you pick that up real quick, then, like, you're smart and good for you. But, like... Oh, yeah. But... Pretentious. And maybe that, that's the kind of thing where you watch this movie again and you notice that. And then you go, oh, fuck. Like, there's layers to these moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just so much of this movie that I really do think every moment is going to have an alternate read. And we could really spend a lot of time going into it. Um, I want to get away from it a little bit and just talk about these characters. I really want to, like, Winston Duke's Gabe character is hilarious. So good. Um, Winston Duke said that he definitely based some of his character on Jordan Peele himself. 
And I could totally see that while it watching the movie. Feels I was like, like Jordan Peele. I know. I was like, this feels like Jordan Peele almost wrote himself into the movie. Uh, yeah. Um, well, this is me. But I really particularly love that moment when he trying to be sexy on the bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, gets all set up to look sexy, and it's not sexy at all. And Adelaide's, like, not even paying attention. is like, I want to go. And he's like, where are you trying to go? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. He's, like, not sexy at all. No. And I it's also like, love that there's an article going out about his thighs. Uh, Winston Duke. <laughs> Winston Duke's thighs. Uh, yeah, I mean... He's a, There's a meaty man. Meaty, meaty. He has some meaty thighs, and I, I noticed them too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he has some very uh, meaty something. thighs. Should I be working on my thighs more? I mean, listen, he's like. I mean, that's a, a a credit to him. I think a lot of people do find him pretty attractive. I think he's attractive. And in this movie, he's so dorky and yeah, not but, attractive at all. It's great. No. Yeah, I mean, it's attractive when his dad. It's when, a sure he plays that role really when he well. Dabs. Yeah. Oh my god, he's like, look, he's like he's trying to get their attention. He's like, look, look, look. Even like, um, gosh, that's I mean, that's again, he's he's Jordan Peele's biggest tool for uh, you know undercutting the tension of the movie with a joke. Like mm-hmm. that character has a lot of humorous. Parts in life, yeah. Even, even, uh, the kids. Gosh, it must have been so fun for all these people. Like all the adults who aren't Adelaide, especially. This is Lupita Nyong'o's movie. She's the star of this movie. She's mm-hmm. the creepiest part of this movie. She's the protagonist. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about the fact that Red is the only doppelganger that can talk, and that's because Red right. came from the surface and that makes sense. knows how to talk. Mm-hmm. And that's why when they were in the therapist's office and they were saying, our little girl's not talking, it's because it wasn't their little girl anymore. <laughs> it was the version of her that doesn't talk. I know, reading that. Ah, I know. It's so good. Um, it anyway. And no, but uh, sorry. So like Lupita Nyong'o, she's the creepy one. She put her in creepy land. Creepy. But all the other adults, like kind of funny when they're doppelgangers. Oh my god, Elizabeth Moss. Oh, Kitty. Yes. Her name's Kitty. Kitty, yeah. And Josh. Um, Josh played by Tim Heidecker. Uh, that was great. Tim and Eric. He's just like a douchey. Like a douchey. <laughs> like even a doppelganger was douchey, and it was funny. Yeah, I mean Tim Heidecker is a comedian, so like. I was really wondering how he was going to, like, I didn't know he was in this until I saw his name in the opening credits, and I was like, what? And then, when the, once, first of all, the trailers really kept their doppelgangers under wraps pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, I did really not expect that other, like, his and Elizabeth Moss's characters' families have doppelgangers at all when they showed up. The the theater, the whole theater was just like, oh! There's more! And you, I mean, you watched them all get terribly murdered. Um... Josh's doppelganger's named Tex. So funny. Kitty's doppelganger's oh named Dahlia. That was creepy. Oh, Dahlia. Dahlia, yeah. Um, she was also very creepy. And but yeah, like Tex as doppelganger Tex is like so funny. <laughs> um, just like the way he like kind yeah, of talks around. Yeah, his just his cadence and his like his like his physical cadence and yeah, he's just like this weird. Smile on his face. Even the way he like grunted, he's like, ha. Oh. Yeah. Ha. Oh. Like he was still like making jokes through his grunts somehow. Oh, man. There's so much in this movie. I mean, even realizing this, but like, you know, there's that scene on the boat where uh, Gabe's doppelganger, Abraham, is 
like shouting at someone and you don't see who it is. And I don't, uh, I don't know. While watching it, I didn't think it was, you know, like he's on the boat and he's like grunting across the lake at someone and someone's grunting. Oh back. yeah. And you realize later that's that's Tex, that's the other doppelganger, but they haven't been introduced yet. So when that's happening, you oh, he's grunting at them. I mean, I think that's pretty clear now. Yeah. Oh okay. It was almost like a signal to be like. You know, it started where, like, and they're communicating. That's how they communicate. Uh, that's how the doppelgangers communicate. Right, right. Except for Red. Um, anyway, but, yeah, the whole other family doppelgangers. Uh, also, you showed me that those twins were uh, from some together. From Friends. They were, they were from Friends. They played, who's baby on Friends? Uh, they played. Ross and Rachel's baby. Is that right? No. I don't know. I don't watch. They didn't have a I don't baby. Watch friends. They didn't. Are you kidding? I really don't know. They got uh, they got together at the end Sorry. of friends. Well, someone's baby. Um, I should know this. It's definitely not you know, um, Dylan and Cole Sprouse who played Ross's baby. Well, actually, I think Cole Sprouse only played that. So never mind. Um. Well, famous baby. Basically, is what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, those twins are creepy because they're twins, and then they have doppelgangers, and they're, you know, even more creepy. Ross and Rachel did have a baby. Okay, so I was right. Wait, I don't remember. Why do I not remember that? Just admit that I was right. It's fine. Um, Anyway, we got to move on. (laughs) Sorry. This is blowing my mind. We can't. This is not a Friends podcast. This is a scary horror movie podcast. They had a nothing baby in it. Okay. So, basically, yeah, there's so much humor coming out of the other adults in this movie. Elizabeth Moss's doppelganger is a little less funny, but still funny. She was more... It was funny because... Funny creepy. You know, that character is very hateable Mm -hmm. that she played. Oh, yeah. Hated Uh, Kitty. Yeah, no one. You're not supposed to like her. I don't think. If I you do. Yeah. Y- yikes. I um, did feel like she was gonna die as soon as she started talking. Oh, absolutely. Annoying. You're like, like oh, gonna she gonna go? This is a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. You aren't the star of this no. one. No. And we're not gonna feel sorry. Uh huh. Oh, bad. Ooh. Um. Even though it was kind of. Gr- Gruesome. Uh, I mean, her death, her death cheering. was the worst. Yeah. Were you cheering? The audience, not me. The audience. Okay, I know. Well, I, I was, was cheering. I cheering the inside. It's a rewarding moment. She gets to have that fucking, I'm not going to let anyone intimidate me or my family. The little girl has that moment. Little, little girl, but teenager. But, like, she gets that moment where she gets to... Well, she kills the twins. She kills the twins first. That's where they were cheering. I don't remember them cheering at a little They saved their mom. mom. I think it's a big moment. I think it's a good moment. No, I'm talking about Elizabeth Moss's character's um, death. I don't know oh, people. Oh, yeah. Death. No, no. That's what I'm talking Sorry. about. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, I <laughs> don't remember. I wasn't. But it was pretty funny when she tried to call the police in the not Alexa, but oh, some weird off brand Alexa so started playing Fuck the Police. Oh, my God. I mean. Oh, yeah, that was great. It was great, but also, you see, tugged at both strings, and you're like, yeah. But it was so, like, I don't know. I, I loved it. That her, like, crawling at the camera. It like, was crawling good. towards. Um, you know where it's going. You like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was, um, 
And that's that contrast in this movie. And this whole movie is about, like, contrast and duality of people. and Yeah. And you're right, though. It's like, it's hard to watch, but great to watch. Uh, well, is there anything else we haven't talked about? Mm, not that I can think of. Okay. Overall, this movie, we're going to have to watch it again. Yes. Yeah. I'll have to see it a second time. And a third time, even. Um, there's lots of th- theories about things happening on the internet all the time. It seems like every day there's a new article about this movie. And I think that's the genius of it. And Jordan Peele's made something that we're going to keep talking about. Um, definitely say you didn't like it as much as us. Uh, I mean, sorry, as Get Out. Um, or how do you feel? I, I don't want to compare them. They're not comparable to me. Yeah, that's fair. They're very different movies. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Like, if I have to choose one, I think, again, because I said it earlier, I think Get Out just speaks to me more because yeah. of my personal experiences. But uh, if Jordan Peele wants to return to this universe, I really welcome it. Because the movie, the way it kind of ends, not only do you get that whole twist ending, but then you get basically doppelganger who's one driving off into the sunset with her family but there's a whole massive chain of doppelgangers that are joining and that's where the movie ends so it's like they kind of won but now that I think about it that fan I don't know that fan theory about um, Jason and Pluto Uh being mixed up I mean, at the very end, it was him and Lupita's uh, Adelaide, Adelaide um, looking at each other, and she, yeah. you know, when she smiles. Uh, this fan favorite somebody compares that smile to the smile at the end of the Thriller music video, which I definitely felt. Uh, <laughs> Freeze frame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be, but I mean that. But Jason's he looked fearful of her. He, he definitely seems, like, suspicious of her. It seems fearful to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. And yeah, He I looks a little suspicion. scared to me. So, that's where I was, I, like, he could tell, like, his mom was weird. He even had that moment um, when he kind of sees her killing her. Yeah. one of the other doppelgangers. So, I want, so, there's a lot, I don't know. There's something there, yeah. There's, like, there it's is some weird, weird subtext. He already doesn't trust her. Maybe he hasn't trusted her for whatever reason. I mean, to me, I could, you can read that whatever way you want it. Uh, I think someone also called it, like, Schrodinger's, uh, like, theory. Like, it basically means it's true or it's not true, depending on how you choose to look at it. Um, until Jordan Peele says definitively. Uh, but, like, I could read that as maybe he's always mistrusted her, and mm. that gave him more reason to. And maybe that mistrust isn't even, I don't trust you. Maybe it's, how do I know you're my real mom because he knows what's going on. Um or it could be read the other way where it is fear and he has figured out something's not right with her and maybe doesn't know what yet, but he doesn't feel that connection to her for whatever reason. You yeah. can kind of read it either way. Yeah, and there, I mean, that moment where she, like, turns around and, you know, they're listening to I Got Five. I Got Five on it. Um, and she... You know, I read this in the article, too, oh, that yeah. she tells him to go on beat, mm-hmm. or, like, she's, Trying like, to snap him along. but it's offbeat. She's offbeat, yeah. 
it's a weird thing. I mean, and this is the whole thing about their characters, too. Like, they made that very clear that the little girl who's the dancer, that is, like, she has this great talent for dance, and Doppelganger running. read her... Running. Huh? No, 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 not running, dancing. I'm talking about Adelaide. Oh, okay. Um, about the, other girl. the other one's running. Um, but yeah, Adelaide is, when she's a little girl, she is a dancer. We see her actually dancing and being really good at it, and we see a doppelganger version of her attempting to dance, and it's really not right. It's She's not graceful at all. And then those two get switched. So, I mean, that definitely leads into that twist of the one who's... Adelaide that we think we know is the one who oh, doesn't have rhythm, me. isn't a good dancer. That's and right. when, when the, that confrontation is happening and she, the doppelganger, Red, is very graceful with her like mm-hmm. movement she and attack. She knows dance. Yeah. That was such a trippy reveal to that me also cool. later yeah. when I realized it. It's like, fuck. There's so much like to me, this is a movie that at, at first I wasn't sure how I felt about. I definitely was entertained, but I wasn't sure how good it was. But the more I think about it and the more I have those realizations, the more I like it. Yeah. I just think you, the more you see it, the better you'll love it. It's so layered. And it's this is confu- a- it, it's, it leaves you hanging a lot. Yeah, definitely by design. Like, this movie could have been very clear about all these things. But it wouldn't have been as interesting. Yeah. And, uh... Well, that... I mean, that's what they always say is, like, that's a good movie and a good book or whatever, is that they leave you with a lot of questions and a lot of open ends and... Yeah, leaves you talking about it. Exactly. Leaves you talking about it, leaves you curious, leaves you, you know, trying to connect dots or, um... It makes you feel more invested somehow. Yeah. Um, instead of just being like, well, I I totally get that story and I don't have any other questions, (laughs) you know, and this is the opposite of that. And it feels like it, it just leaves you wanting more. It leaves you wanting to see it again. It leaves you, you know, wanting to see the details of every, uh, scene and how it all connects to the, you know, and where it goes from there or. It's definitely a story that is not over. No. I mean, yeah. There's still, I mean, they're still fighting, I guess. Yeah, there's still an, our, a whole race of doppelganger tethered people who they are zoom coming out. to the surface. They zoom out at the very end and they're, they're all so linked up and, and they're yeah. helicopters. They have made their statement. Now right. what? Like, now what, what is this exactly. world? I mean, I guess you get on the story there and the story is, okay, this subterranean race of people has just made themselves public and we either have to... I guess accept them as people, or there's a war, or uh, genocide. Mm. Um, I'd be very fascinated to see another story in this universe. Um, The thing, we're saying all this about this movie and how it makes it so great to have these open endings, but Get Out was the opposite, where it had a very open and shut story. It had no more questions at the end. You got it all. That was the end of that story. Right. And... It's also really good. So Jordan Peele has proved that he can do both really well. He can Absolutely. give you. I think Get Out is more of a thriller in my head. Yeah, it's more of a. a yeah, I mean, yeah. he called it a documentary. <laughs> well, well, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely um, a it, social thriller. It, yeah, it, 
wasn't a, a, a horror in my, I mean, of course it's a horror because it feels, it speaks to a lot of the reality um, for mm. people of color. And I think that's horrifying because it, it, that's every some people's everyday life. Yeah. Um, but again, I, just the way the story is told, I think it's more thrilling or more of a thriller. And Absolutely. It's uh, gradual, and it feels like, uh, with us, it feels definitely with, like, it plays the horror tropes. It, you know, you can tell what Jordan is inspi- inspired by, and um, it's it, it's fun to see him play that side. And it, it's fun to see him play out his passion, his, like, uh, horror passion in a movie. And especially, you know, he wants... He wanted a family of color to play um, in his movie, and now he's talking about, you know, never casting a white man to play lead in his movies, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also, it's new and re- revolutionizing to see um, people of color to play, like, the family in a horror film and yeah. uh, a woman of color playing the protagonist in a horror film. That's so, mm-hmm. you know, it's sad but true, like, that, that how rare that is. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing what he's doing. And it's it just, is. it feels like a new genre in a way. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched it yet, there's a great documentary on, you can, it's on the Shutter channel, which is like an add-on channel you can add to your like Hulu subscription or Amazon Prime, I think. One does. Um, it's called Horror Noir, and it's just about black people in horror, yeah. and, you know, basically talking about how they used to be portrayed as the monster, mm-hmm. and even when the monster... Or like the magic person, right? Yeah. That kind of like knows the truth or leads mm. the person to the way. Magical Negro. Yeah. Uh, or even like... When it wasn't uh, a person that dressed as a black person or an actual black person as a monster, mm-hmm. it was King Kong, who mm-hmm. very much had the same sort of, you know, stereotypes. And maybe it's weird to think about, but it's true. Like, the way people reacted to King Kong in that movie is the way they reacted to African Americans back in the day. Um, and going from that to uh, Get Out and Us, where we have horror movies where black people are the protagonists, they're the heroes, they are the families, they are the survivors, they are the ones who are getting themselves out of these situations where the monsters are not necessary. I mean, us is a bad example because the monsters are still black people. But, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, the monster, uh, yeah. It's not about their blackness. Their no, blackness exactly. is what's making it's them not monsters. King Kong, and we're right. trying to terrorize the white girl. About it. Yeah, propaganda um, bullshit. No, it's it's about how black people have agency in their own horror stories now, and that's mm-hmm. super fucking cool. Um, I am so excited to see what Jordan Peele does next. Uh, I'm very excited for his Twilight Zone reboot. You yes. know you are too. Uh, I know he's rebooting. Candyman, which is a horror movie neither of us has seen, and we'll probably have to talk about it in this Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely, it'll definitely be on this podcast. Um, Candyman will be played by Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, which is a badass Man. name, yeah. um, who we mentioned was Black Manta in Aquaman, and he is in this movie, Us. He was really good, even he was really a good. small part, yeah. Yeah, I, I like him as an actor. I'm coming to like him a lot, even in Aquaman, which I don't like. 
Um, I, I do appreciate him in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he was um, basically young Adelaide's father, mm-hmm. who we see in this movie, and also that character, the doppelganger, doppelganger Wayland. Which was awesome to see. Like, he, mm-hmm. even then, he just, he had no lines, but yeah. his physicality was just incredible. He's a largely not focused on character. Like, I feel like the whole movie, when, first of all, his first few scenes as the father, you never, like, almost see above his neck. Yeah, you sort of see him, yeah. You yeah, see the back like, of him just like uh, Adelaide would see. Is very much from a child's perspective. Mm-hmm. Is, is, yes, you know. which I loved. I loved that they did, or Jordan Peele did that. Yeah, it's really... Like a director, uh, that was, like, you know... A perspective shift? A prescri- yeah, pres- yeah, prescription. Prescription rift. Uh, <laughs> prescription rift. Yeah. That direction... Di- di- Direction. Erection dicks. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but but when he is a doppelganger, you do see his face, and, and he gives a great performance. Uh, but, yeah, his body alone. I mean, I'm a big – I'm all about physicality and character and just seeing his physicality transform and just how – Oh, that, I mean, that that moment was like, he stole that moment for me. So I was just Gosh. impressed. You know, if I had to be an extra in one of those <sighs> scenes. Oh, uh, I know. I would honestly be like, I'm not sure this movie's going to work. <laughs> I don't know. It's so interesting. What's that? So I have to be this version of me right. normal. Okay. And then I have to be a. Like glitched uh, out uh, okay. version of me. Okay, doppelgangers. Uh, thank you for day two of shooting. So now you're doppelgangers of yourself and everyone move and all you weird. Don't feel? I'm. I'm Jordan Peele, horror <laughs> director. I've won an Oscar. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, I would really appreciate if you listen to me. So, doppelgangers, what I'm going to have you do, just kind of move around all weird. Don't talk. And, uh, you know, have fun with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I. this is a movie that's real weird on paper and really needs great performers to make it function. I mean, um, yeah, and it he does. got Lupita Nyong'o, and that's just, I mean, she's so, I cannot talk enough about her performance. Seriously, just go alone for her performance. I mean, and even Jordan Peele talks about her performance in interviews and just how she was off uh, camera, mm-hmm. and she was, you know, when she was playing Red, she was still playing Red off camera. Staying in character. Staying in character and just like how he would be freaked out by her and just kind of nod at her and say, okay, whatever you need. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Can you, uh, I'm going to challenge you. Can you do your best Red voice, Red? Oh, God. Oh, my God. You're Ah. an actor. This is your audition for Red. (laughs) Give me a line to say. Um, Sing like the ABCs or something. A B C. Okay, stop. Okay, stop it. I want you to stop. <laughs> You're freaking our dog out. <laughs> the gulping of her, like the the gulping alone, just yeah. freaked me out. Ugh. She's so good. She's so good. Oh, what? Well, let's yeah. go to the first one. Once upon 
a lot of ab workout, like <laughs> ab muscles. I mean, she, ah, she's just so brilliant. What? Like, I just, I could talk about her performance alone for three hours. You know, one thing we're not talking about, I haven't heard anyone talk about for this movie, <laughs> and I think it's just because it's so well made and seamless, but like, I just feel like we've never had a movie where it's too doppelgangers, you know, or people... I think of, like, the parent trap. I think of, like, <laughs> movies where you have a person playing themselves... Uh, uh, sorry, playing, like, another part against themselves. I mean, I guess Social Network did that pretty good, and that was, like, the last we've talked about that. Because Army Hammer? Army Hammer, yeah. Um, that was the last time we had a movie that I feel like really, really did this in a big way. Mm-hmm. But even then, it was, like... We didn't know Army Hammer, you know? We didn't know, We all right. assumed that was twins. Well, so we... Yeah. yeah. And now we know. But, like, this movie does such a good job of playing actors... Like, the the mechanics of having yeah. actors play against themselves. You don't yeah. even think about it. I, it really was a long time uh, before even thinking, oh, yeah, they're, like, in a room maybe staring at, like, a double, like a body double. Right, right. Or, like, a ball on a stick. Like, right. You don't even think about the mechanics of it at all because it's so well made. You just believe that there's another version of them in the room. There were parts of the movie where I did think about that. I was like, that's right. That's not her. I, but it was, <laughs> She's looking at a different <laughs> actress. Yeah, or like where they're like actually physically engaging with each other and you're just like, I mean, that's not... I mean, there, yeah, there were moments where... The moment for me where I was like, hell yes, this looks amazing, like because it's the same actress. Uh-huh. It was the girl, uh, Zora, uh-huh. when they were by the car. And they were right. moving by the oh, car. God, yeah. And like, across. Or so, Umbre is that. Uh, Umbre, yeah. Umbre. 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 Interesting name. I know. I wonder what yeah, the reason Yeah, I wonder why the names, names are all so interesting. Um, huh. Yeah, and so, yeah, that part, I was just... Amazed because it was like one shot and they just they got both of her the two different um, the the doppelganger and the real one in the same shot. Yeah, and I was really amazed by that and just it's really impressive. Jordan Peele just does a good job. Yeah, it's all the work. Yeah, cinematography, all the production, <sighs> the music in this movie. He's so good. I mean, the score is great, but the use. Of I got five on it is oh, now uh, forever iconic. And for but now it's not terrifying. It's after seeing the movie, it's not as terrifying. Right. To you, is it? No, I don't okay. think it's necessarily like I didn't. It's I didn't scary really go to in, me before. I I did think the trailer made it like that's a fucking creepy right. song now forever. And in the movie, it's like kind of just a beautiful artistic choice. It's, it's really is, beautiful. It's tense and it works. But it's creepy. And yeah, it, I don't know. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, but I've been like listening to just the original song like, nonstop recently because it's like ah uh, that that groove is is iconic now and it, it's been brought into a new era and uh, yeah, snap on off beat. Mm-hmm. Snap on the one and the threes, and which the is three. weird. I got five on it. That's weird. That's fucking weird. Yeah. You should have known. We should all black people. You should have known. <laughs> we should have known the moment she was snapping on a one and the threes that something was up. <laughs> Why um, didn't you know, darling? I don't know. I, 
Um, God. Yeah, we can talk about this movie forever, obviously. I know. Um, well, we got to wrap it up. I think one thing we should maybe end on is, like, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the scariest, 1 being not scary at all. How scary was this movie to you? Huh. <laughs> and this is, like, a, a moot point because, like, you know, every scary movie is going to affect people differently. People... Right. individually find different well, things scary. The thing There's is, not going to be a scary thing we agree on. I think people... I didn't realize people had a fear of doppelgangers. Right. That is not a fear of mine. Not me either. It's a fascination for me, and I don't think... I, it doesn't scare me at all. I mean, there are other worse things that scare me, and so for me, this was... The idea wasn't even scary to begin with. So I mean, don't get me wrong. If I saw a doppelganger of myself, that I'd be pretty freaked out. Sure. But like a fear of doppelgangers as but on people its own, had like people think about that kind of thing. Like that's what, no. I didn't have that. You know, I'm terrified of clowns because they're sure. they're scary. It's a real world terror. Right. Doppelgangers or are deep less water, of a real thing. Scary. Right. Right. But people are like, yeah, I'm so afraid of doppelgangers, and I'm like, cool. Never thought about it. But that's a real fear. Yeah. And so I just didn't have that uh-huh. to go in with it. And I, I mean, but I have to rate it a seven. Really? Okay. That's higher than I would have thought you would say. Really? Yeah. Just because I know your reaction after the movie immediately was. Is that too high? <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think it's too high. I mean. Scariest thing you've ever watched. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Um, uh, yeah, like a 6.57. Six point five seven. It was is good to me. More funnier than scary. Funnier than scary. Okay, fair. Uh, I think I would probably uh, how scared I was. I would say right about the same. I'd say seven as well um, for me. And I thought I was more scared than you. Um, I just think the tension in this movie is really great and simple. Everything's really simple. It was in the first half it was like that. I still think in the later half, too. Like, that... Honestly, when, uh, when like, Adelaide enters the tunnels underground and, and finds Red in that room, I just... We had seen Red move so sporadically, physically, in that movie that I really just... I it was just, like... There was tension even just seeing her be still because it just felt like at any moment she's going to spring into action. And I don't know what that's going to be. And, you know, for whatever reason, the way, like, the physicality of the doppelgangers was such a tense, there's so much tension in their movement. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just from the very first time we see them move, where Red gives them that signal, and then, like, the kids, like, oh, one gets on all fours and scatters I I, away. I I went, like, the whole, I, like, yeah, the movie my... theater was just like, oh, like, it was really fun to hear the movie theater reaction. I, mean, I was loved, reacting too. Yes, I love seeing this with a full theater. Yeah, um, yeah that was just, really exciting. It made the jokes bigger. It made the scares bigger. Um, it made the confusion at the end more audible. I know. Everyone's just like, what? Uh, but, yeah, I just, the scares in this aren't necessary. There's like, there's no jump scares that I can recall. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like that. But, well. I'm pretty sure I had a big jump scare in there. I'm pretty sure I jumped out of my seat. <laughs> well, I don't remember that the moment. I do. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? No. Okay. We'll save that for you, listener, who somehow <laughs> listened to this without watching the movie. If you idiot. did that, 
I don't do that. Don't do that with this podcast. I mean, unless you're just never <laughs> We're telling them at the very end after. Hey, congratulations <laughs> on making it to the end. <laughs> Idiot. Don't do it, okay? Don't. Um, yeah, but I would say that the, the tension alone in this movie brings it to a seven. Like, there is some real good tension and some good scares, some original scares. I think Jordan Peele is trying to create original terror. Uh, yeah, it felt it felt really original. Yeah. Um, even playing, even having the tropes in there, mm-hmm. it was still, like I said, it feels like a new genre. Yeah. It feels like a new genre of horror. This goes, it kind of flips from genre to genre, because like, the beginning of this movie is basically a home invasion movie, yeah. which is scary to me. That's a real life thing that is scary to me. Uh, even more so when the invaders can, like, climb fucking trees mm-hmm. and, I don't know, j- break your legs with a baseball bat from behind a closed door. Like, uh, nuts. Yeah. Um, when they can steal boats. Uh, <laughs> um, there's some great, like, there, there's some boat humor in that movie, I too. Know. Where the doppelganger is trying to start the boat back up. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anyway... I think we have to stop ourselves. Yeah, we really got to wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for listening to our very first episode. Uh, what we're also going to do is have a bowl full of horror movies that we're going to draw from at the end of each episode, and we're going to tell you exactly what we are going to be reviewing next episode. Yes. Um, we won't know what it is because we will be drawing it randomly from a bowl. Yeah. And maybe in the future we'll draw it on the air. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought that's what we were doing. Right. But right, we won't for this episode because we weren't prepared. But we'll for the next episode. And if there is a movie that seems timely um, and feels like the right time to do it, yeah. and we don't draw it from the bowl, that's why. You know what I... We're going to... Because we're going to review it. Um, what is it? Scary movie, scary Stories of Some of the Dark. We're going to have to review Right, that when that comes out, we're going to review that. Which I have. Uh, I'm terrified of... I didn't even grow up with it, but I'm still scared of it. Well, yeah. Anyway, that is our show. And, yeah, uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, just being you, man. Thanks for being you. Um, people. Yeah. Maybe um, I'll take us out with a little I Got Five on it. All uh, right. I'm Colin Bigelow. I'm Elaine Afanasia. And this has been Scared Squared. Squared. Well, I wouldn't say that together. That's okay. Damn. I got five. Oh, oh man. Oh, <gasps> this is been scary. In with that, in the weed. <laughs> <laughs>